Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogu Manavalan. It's Wednesday. No red wave, certainly no red tsunami. So where do we go from here? It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. In case you're just catching up, a recap of the biggest races. John Fetterman defeated Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Mark Kelly currently leads Blake Masters in Arizona. Raphael Warnock leads Herschel Walker in Georgia, though that race looks likely to be headed to a runoff on December 6th. And Adam Laxalt currently leads Catherine Cortez Masto in Nevada. A midterm is a referendum on the president. By all historic measures, voters should have handed Biden's party a massive rebuke. Inflation is at historic levels, crime is up, Biden's approval is underwater, and Democrats have one party control. The party of recent presidents in similar circumstances have lost between 40 and 63 House seats. And yet, here's where things stand this morning. Republicans are estimated to gain a small advantage, enough to control the chamber, but well short of both historical averages and pre-election predictions. In the Senate, the outcome hinges on Nevada, where incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto fell behind her GOP challenger Adam Laxalt this morning, and Georgia, where Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock is slightly ahead, but the race is likely headed for a runoff on December 6th. Republicans need to win both races to take control of the Senate. Many of the plausible outcomes predicted by top GOP officials didn't materialize. There was no massive shift of the Hispanic vote toward the GOP. There was no surge of hidden Trump voters. There was no widespread takeover of Deep Blue House territory. There was no expansion of the Senate map into New Hampshire, Colorado, and Washington, where incumbent Democrats cruised to re-election. The governor of New York won easily. Once again, Biden defied expectations at the moment he seemed destined for a catastrophic loss, just as he did when he resurrected his candidacy in South Carolina in 2020, and just as he did when he resurrected his legislative agenda this past summer. White House aides were giddy Tuesday night. We're told that Biden is now leaning toward holding a traditional post-midterm press conference before he leaves town on Thursday for a lengthy foreign trip. And when it comes to 2024, a senior White House official had this to say, he's running. The list of expectations for GOP underperformance is long, but at the top is Donald Trump. He helped saddle the GOP with poor candidates, and he assisted the White House in its goal of turning the midterms into a choice between unpopular Biden and deeply unpopular Trump. Democrats lost blue-collar voters and gained white-collar voters in the Trump years. In some places, that's been a bad trade, but on Tuesday, it may have benefited Democrats, as their new anti-Trump supporters outperformed their former voters, now on Team MAGA. And the two breakout Republican stars of the night are Trump and Governor Brian Kemp, who stood up to Trump's attempts to overturn the results in Georgia in 2020, easily defeated Democrat Stacey Abrams. In Florida, where Republicans dominated the state, Governor Ron DeSantis crushed Charlie Crist by nearly 20 points, and even broke through with voting groups that don't traditionally support the GOP. Before polls closed last night, Representative Kevin McCarthy appeared to be on a glide path toward his dream job. Multiple House Republican sources we spoke to yesterday were convinced that the Californian had the Speaker's gavel easily within his grasp, leaving his fellow members consumed with the ongoing drama of the GOP whip race. Well, so much for that. Now, due to the GOP's underwhelming performance last night, McCarthy's path to the speakership suddenly looks rocky. With a slimmer-than-expected House majority, Trump acolytes will be empowered to wring major concessions out of McCarthy, concessions that could handicap his ability to manage the unruly GOP conference. That is, if he can win the post at all. Some Republicans suddenly aren't so sure he can. One senior GOP aide texted Playbook last night, if Kevin is under 225, the knives are out, and his speakership will be in peril. 
there's also the question of Trump himself. While the former president endorsed McCarthy for the speakership in a Fox News interview on Tuesday, Trump may be looking for a scapegoat, a fellow Republican whose missteps might divert attention from his own embarrassing night. Would Trump finally turn on whom he calls Mike Kevin? We'll see. A few other leadership dynamics we're watching for today. What does Nancy Pelosi do? A new generation of Democrats, starting with heir apparent Hakeem Jeffries, were expected to hit the phones today to lock down support for their own leadership bids. But with critical races still in the balance, and Pelosi set to leave Wednesday for the COP27 climate conference in Egypt, her presumed exit could be delayed, throwing that much-awaited generational shift into question. There's also McConnell's told-you-so moment. NRSC Chairman Rick Scott and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell sparred publicly and privately over campaign strategy all year, clashing over primary strategy and spending decisions. While the Senate majority remains unsettled, McConnell's concerns about candidate quality now appear to have been wholly justified, and Scott's decision to expend scarce donor funds and stretch races like Colorado and Washington looks baffling. The races could have implications for the futures of both men. As recently as Tuesday, Trump suggested Scott should challenge McConnell for leader. But given last night's results, Scott's stock is sinking. Notably, Nevada, the race standing between Republicans and two more years in the minority, is where McConnell's political advisors have been most closely involved, and where his pet super PAC has invested nearly $30 million. For months, Democrats rang alarm bells about the prospect that a slate of Republican candidates who denied the fact that Joe Biden won the 2020 election could win pivotal roles overseeing the electoral process. But on Tuesday, voters largely rejected those candidates. In Minnesota, Kim Crockett lost her bid for Secretary of State. In Michigan, Democratic incumbent Jocelyn Benson hung on to an 11-point lead with 80% of votes counted and declared victory over Trump-endorsed Christina Caramo. In Arizona, Adrian Fontes maintained a nearly 7-point lead over Mark Fincham, and in Nevada, Cisco Aguilar has a narrow lead over Republican Jim Merchant. On the gubernatorial side of things, Trump endorses Tudor Dixon in Michigan, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, Dan Cox in Maryland, Lee Zeldin in New York, and Tim Michaels in Wisconsin all fell to Democratic opponents. Meanwhile, in Arizona, even as Carrie Lake lagged behind Democrat Katie Hobbs in the official tally, she took to the podium at her election night party and suggested, without evidence, that there were reasons to doubt the validity of the election results. Alright, for more news and the latest election results, check out the Politico Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalan. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning.